0: Hi, today we sit down with Dillian Perry from Creative Nestlings. Let's see what he has to say about his own best and biggest failure.
1: My name is Dillian Espiri. Uh, I'm a father, a sculptor, a creative entrepreneur, and um, I guess you can say sometimes a photographer and a filmmaker and all around creative. i um, currently based in Johannesburg, but originally from Zimbabwe.
0: Great. Um, so, Dillian, I, we've known each other since, I don't know, forever um since Cape Town and you have transitioned from Cape Town to to Joburg what has that been like for you
1: it, it's been quite simple uh, it's, it's not as as as, as difficult I, I guess the only challenge is the quality of life in Cape Town is a bit better than the quality of life in Johannesburg the only challenge in Cape Town is that there's not that many opportunities the table is quite small in terms of the number of people of color getting opportunities and being visible, so in Cape Town you're more likely to be the one of the few people in the room, which sometimes can can gas you up to act like you're, you know how to do great work, but just that you are the only black person that they can find. Joburg is a bit different because here the demographics are, are a bit more mixed, more reflective of the country, so the competition is really real and the creative industry is really real and, and really burgeoning with people of colour and talent don't uh, challenge Joberg is that Joburg is it's a basically crab mentality so it's um, it's each other basically mentality and so it's not necessarily great for the ecosystem and so there's, there's little accountability in terms of the ecosystem in, in Joburg, because quality focus is not necessarily seen as a necessity just about doing stuff. I guess that's the difference between two cities. And also the quality of life in Joburg is a bit mixed, you know, um, depending on which area you're in. If you're in Rosebank, it's a bit different to in your town So It's a very interesting city. You're always discovering new things in in, in Johannesburg. Whereas K-Town can be done within a day or two.
0: Oh, great. I i'll tell you um a bit later as to why i wanted to have a conversation with you but i think you touched on so many things that i've also realized as a creative and also somebody that's founded a social events company and transitioned into consulting i wanted to ask you what has been your best and biggest failure to date because i remember a few months ago you going through uh, a moment on Twitter where you reflected on what had happened with Creative Nestlings and also what your journey had been with Creative Nestlings, trying to build it in Cape Town and having to move to Johannesburg?
1: I think my biggest failure, I don't think there's one significant failure, I think my biggest failure has been a series of events, basically. Um, Building a company like Creative Nestlings uh, and the, the biggest failure is, is, is I guess it's my personal management of everything basically I haven't been the greatest conduit of, of creative nestlings even though it has a lot of impact with, with, with thousands of people's lives uh, for me personally it's just been a surmounting in debt and uh, mistakes mistakes of mistakes and I think the challenge has always been finding a team I haven't been able to find a team because this is a business that is still run by me solely uh, yes people are coming in and out but then I haven't been able to really maintain people so I guess that's one of the biggest challenges and failures but the series of failures has been oh, man- managing money, managing people, managing projects, managing time, uh, also improving the quality of work That's uh, the output. Because, I mean, sometimes you get caught up in the celebration of just being present in the room, uh, like I mentioned earlier on. Um, so people praise you for that, in which I don't, that's why I don't celebrate anything, because I believe you're only as good as the person that you're working on, right, in that moment and stuff and the quality that you bring out. So I think that's been the the biggest failure is is just managing those resources available, uh, and and this company that is Creative Nestlings, and also I think managing relationships with people personally and in the business has been a big failure for my side. I'm not the greatest of people, so so that kind of affects the output in my thinking around it and stuff. So it's been it's been a basically I, I gave a talk uh, about failure at at, at uh, fuck up nights, uh, and it it, it, it it the topic of the talk was that I I, I gave it was. Uh, everything that could go wrong did go wrong so basically that's, that's the truth of it that everything that could go wrong has gone wrong running creative nestlings um, basically every mistake you can never think of tax, um, people all that kind of stuff has is, is all been a failure basically yeah so it's a series of events more than just one because I keep moving forward so when you're moving forward sometimes you're not necessarily taking accountability on your actions and, and, and taking time to really fix what you need to fix uh, because creative is also my life dude at the same time That's
0: so important. Um, I could relate on so many levels um, in terms of relationships and the people that you encounter along the way. How long has it been now since you've been trying to, you know, um, build Creative
1: Nestlings? So it's been about, uh, what, nine years now since 2011? Uh, Wow. Yeah, So, so next year we're celebrating 10 years of Creative Nestlings.
0: How many creatives have you directly positively impacted during this
1: time? I, I can never take that number because I don't like owning credit for anybody. So I believe as a catalyst, your, your your role is to get as many people through the system as possible. So our, yes. our thousands of people have been able to interact with creative and get some sort of value over the last nine years. We've built spaces, the important job in, both in and Cape Town uh, that I run for, uh, that jmb Hive is still running to today. So that's thousands of people also entering to that space. That's the creative business project. Um, in Cape Town, also all our talks, thousands of people have attended our talks across Southern Africa. Like we've been to eight countries now, with about I think 40 to 50 talks. So, so, so that's a lot of thousands of creatives digitally. Also, so I can never really give a, a number on that because we're, we're not necessarily into, into the data side. We're into okay, as long as we interact with one person and their their lives changed, I'm happy is happy so i don't like to give a number because then it's like in the politics of numbers and all that kind of stuff which i don't like to do
0: i really think your program i mean i look at it and i feel like it's sort of an accelerator of artists and creatives who go through certain um, journeys and when I used to try and, and understand what our role is as creatives your model was the perfect example of that and I think a lot of people in South Africa and in Zimbabwe and in Africa um, should take your model and replicate it because I think it's a wonderful model. But apart from that, I think what can you speak on when it comes to just the model of failure, using it as a, as a recalibration tool right now where you are and, and going forward? What can you speak about that? What can you add on that?
1: I mean, firstly, like you mentioned, people are, people are replicating our model. There's a guy in in Uganda now called KQ Hub. He's doing way better than I am in what I'm doing. And he replicated our model down to all the even the different partners that we used to have he's doing that in kenya right now uh, and, and it's going super well in terms of what, what he's working on building the creative community in in, in east africa and in terms of uh re- collaboration and, and, and using failure as a tool I, I see failure as a tool number one for self-accountability and and the, in the mirror you have mm. to really look at yourself again and see okay what went wrong so take time to to, to really look at, okay what did you do wrong what's missing what are the gaps what are the opportunities and stuff and then build from that because if you try and build too much into failure you will not do anything which is something that's happened me a couple of times over the years. I've had moments where I've walked away completely from creative nestlings for like a year or two. But people don't realize, creative nestlings is always active digitally, but not necessarily. I'm not necessarily running it, right? So like posting on Instagram is just because I'm, I'm seeing interesting work, so I'll post it. But not necessarily I'm actually running or making money out of creative nestlings. So like from 2017 till about late last year, I wasn't really active in creative nestlings. Yes, creative nestlings was, was, was busy doing talks and events, but they were based on my energy, using my own money. And also I was just freelancing and consulting with another client. And, and um, they, they, they wanted creative as a vehicle, but then I wasn't billing them as creative nestlings, but we are using creative as a, as, a, as a brand to latch on because there's value in it for the brand and the community around it and stuff and the careers that are benefiting from it. So we made a film, we did some research for the brand. The film comes out hopefully sometime this month, a documentary about entrepreneurship in South Africa. Also that project also for me was a failure because it didn't necessarily execute the way I wanted it to be. Sometimes failure does not necessarily mean something goes bad. Sometimes failure can be, it's not necessarily 100% what you want it to be, which is something of an issue. Yeah, you try to be a perfectionist, it's not a great idea. So so that's been the challenge, I think, for me in terms of failure. And also failure, like I said, it's a series of events. Like for example, I, I've never really had a 100% perfect project. So I definitely failures. And some people don't see them as failure. Like for example, our book in 2018, I see that as a failure in terms of what I was trying to achieve. The book is amazing and people like it, but it's not what I wanted. So I see that it's not, so for me that project I would I would never really be like, wow, right? And also my, all my projects, have a very Kanye West approach of doing things. It's always an iteration, nothing's not complete. <laughs> you know? Nothing's yeah. complete. I'm all this editing. Like for example, we do we we're reprinting our book this year. I've I'm, I'm yeah. edited the book slightly. So, things like that. So, I'm always re editing every single project. And then, nobody happens that some other project comes and takes over. That's, why I, that's, when, the, that's when that project basically ends. So, so, so basically, that's how I work in terms of failure. I use failure as a tool to move forward. Because yeah. my, my, my goal is okay, have I done something? Okay, great. And now, my new philosophy is okay, have I done something great? Right? Yeah. Something that, that I can look at and like, wow, this is an amazing project I, I managed to achieve and it's, it's done exactly to what I want it to be. That's my goal now is, is to try and make great work. Let's do work because I've shown that in the last 10 years, I can do work, but now I want to do great work.
0: Yeah. Do you think that um, you're your worst uh, enemy in terms of, you know, you critique yourself so hard? apart from anybody else who comes across you. I mean, in relation to me, I'm my worst critic. Yeah. Uh, do you think it's the same for you?
1: Yeah, definitely. No one criticizes me, which makes me angry sometimes. That's why I don't have friends. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I, I, I have tears. People around me should be my number one critics, but they tend to, tend to be like wowed by, by the simplest of things. So, I avoid them as much as possible when it comes to work. I have key people around me that I know are, are going to give me tests of my own medicine, basically, Surprise. because I believe in, in tough criticism. So, for example, I have a guy, Katego call calling once in a while. So, he told me shut down this not so long ago. So, that, that was great yeah. for me. But that, that, that yeah. was fuel now to prove to myself and to him that I can do this and I can resuscitate it. I have a guy in Hong Kong, he told me, hey, forget about all, these ideas, all the other great ideas you have. What are you good at? Focus on that. Unfortunately, the, the, the immediate people around me are too much of fans, which is annoying. I, I, I prefer to have people around me that are super critical of me. I'm part of a program with Facebook. Instead of a program, you have mentors and coaches, and they're quite critical, and I like that, because now they know yeah. how to do big companies. They know how to scale at a big rate. That's which is what I'm looking into. I want to scale across the entire continent. So now they're giving me, come, like we, we, we're talking about that and we're building that now. And that's helped yeah. me a lot because I never believed in accelerator programs up until mm. now. I, finally, I've built accelerator programs for other people, but I never thought I needed one. But being part of one also has helped me look at my failures and, and, my, and my gaps and opportunities, I think, in there. no, There's no yes-men around me. There's people that actually criticize me because they are, they're invested in what I'm doing. I believe someone, someone criticizes me, they're invested in what you're doing.
0: They're not invested at all. I think one of the takeaways that I'm going to come out of this conversation with you is that it's very important for creatives and artists to have people that are feeding them critical feedback, right? And a lot of the art schools, and this is a conversation that I often have with artists, they have criticism classes. So when an artist or creative enters into the market, they exactly know what it is that they need to do. In order to sell their work or to to collaborate with other partners or corporates and so on. How can then? we cultivate this culture of learning from our mistakes and not necessarily seeing it as a bad episode of probably something that went wrong. Yeah. Uh, how can we cultivate that thinking amongst creators and artists? And I'm asking you this because I think it's an important question. Yeah. Going dating back to the beginning of time. I mean, people have been trying to create so many things and they've succeeded, but it took years. Yeah. So please indulge
1: me. I mean that's a, that's an important question there's an interesting <laughs> article i was afford you by making yeah so so it becomes a cycle, basically if there's no accountability in the creative industry right and also it makes less money also the, the same people get favored the challenge with the creative industry right in, as, a, as a as a whole artist architecture design whatever you name it a theater all that kind of stuff there's no accountability because now if you try a me for example as a creative who's mostly around visual creatives and developers and and, and fashion designers, musicians and all that kind of stuff, I am not seen as relevant in the theatre space, right? Because I'm not a practitioner, as a traditional practitioner, as everyone sees it as it is. But I think that's bullshit. I think the reason why theatre struggles the most, uh, sometimes in terms of making money, is because they don't want to listen to other creatives. They think they're the best at what they're doing, which is bullshit. Because the thing is, if you really want to grow as an industry, and not be so reliant on funding, right? I see all this complaints 24-7 about DSAC and all that kind of stuff, and from, from theater practitioners, the, the industries are necessarily directly selling to people on a regular basis. It's because they haven't been thinking about business modeling for too long. Almost every theater in South Africa right now is is, is 50% funded by government. They're complacent in their approach uh, in terms of making money. This government is guilty for, for embezzling funds, corruption, all that bullshit. But also create the creative industry itself has, has to be accountable to itself because the, also, mm. we, we are the ones that are building an industry. So government should, should be a catalyst, not our main patron. <laughs> so so yeah. the thing is, I, I think the challenge with the creative industry right now is that we're not willing to t- t- take notes from other industries because we think we're the best at what we're doing. We're good at complaining and making notes because we know how to write good English. I call bullshit on mm. every single thing that's happening right now. is That I'm not seeing any any intersection between all these different industries to create a fund. There's money available. Only one of the reasons why the government is not necessarily gonna be as supportive of the creative industries right now, we don't have data. We don't even know who's doing what, who's making what. Because right now we, we are in our little silos, you know, our little corners. Okay, if I'm in theater and I'm in theater, I mean if I'm in theater, I'm in Cape Town, I'm gonna to be in the theater, Cape Town silo. If I'm in Joburg, I'm gonna be in that. If I'm in Blue Fountain, I'm gonna be in that. But the, the challenge with that is now there's not data for us to lobby with. If you look at now who's gotten the most funding in terms of um Government support in their They know how to lobby because they have the data to back up. They can say they can tell you exactly how much the creative industry, how much the industries are making. They can tell you exactly mm. how people is employed, how they're making money, the the, the 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 policies around that. They know how to influence and all that kind of stuff. For example, with creative industry, whenever there's whenever there's a survey or a policy, whatever change that has to be made, how many people actually actively respond? It's only the academic creators that respond, but the day-to-day respond. So now. Those mistakes that we keep making keep repeating themselves. <laughs>
0: over yeah, over and so we
1: don't have the, the, the community to build on. One thing that we do as creative is now we're building a platform which is gonna be invite all creatives, regardless yeah. of who you are on the continent, to sub to, to to participate in the creative economy via this platform. That way we yeah. have data on the creative industry. So when there's a crisis yeah. again we're able to say oh this is how much the creative is making and this is how much they need support wise because now if you, don't, if you don't if you don't know how much you're making how are we going to actively support you if you're a photographer yeah. doesn't have a business registration how are we going to support you because now you're not in the system so the, the you're system not compliant Be another layer yeah. so for me I don't, I don't like the compliance currently in terms of what's required for creatives to be registered
0: business exactly I think yeah. bullshit I don't think we should be as yeah.
1: business we should be registered yeah. as, as freelance creatives as freelance exactly. artists whatever there should be a legislation in government that says okay here's how I registered as is your text Is how you pay tax for as a freelancer because right now if you register as a business, you're fucked because the tax is gonna kill you.
0: It's but gonna you kill you.
1: It's the same guy. Is who runs the coffee shop. G-Sec is trying. I think now they're trying to do it. I've seen some policy documents uh, that they're trying the amendments that they're trying to make into the act and all that kind of stuff that mm. incorporate some sort of way where creators are, are treated differently from traditional businesses. So now they register as a creative as a freelancer. Not necessarily as a business,
0: we just think- like any other country outside of yes, borders yeah. of South Africa. Because I think the constituents of creatives need an intervention that will speak to them directly. Directly, yeah. so um, their own way of uh, directly impacting the economy will be data driven, as yeah. as you've pointed so yeah. kudos to you. Um, I would love for us to continue and maybe there'll be a part two because there's so many things we need to talk about but thank you very much for coming through and giving us the time